0: I think that all eights go negative. I think that that's a place that where we feel we're being more real that's <laughs> is, true. By, yeah. is, is by connecting with the negative. And it takes a long time to realize I'm not being more real. I'm not bringing more truth to this conversation. I am just being negative. Yes. There is just something that runs in my
1: blood. Um, that wants to squeeze that wants to debate that wants to fight and I would find myself in the middle of conversations where I was having an argument with a person and I think I don't even give a shit about this like (laughs) why am I why am I in this argument like I don't even give a shit so when I realized like that what that was is that my first impulse was to put my dukes up and mm-hmm. to question and to squeeze and to you know do the five detective thing like is this person real what are their thoughts? you know all of that
2: the big hormone enneagram.
3: Hi, it's John here. I'm a sexual self-pres four five four five eight tri type. Hi, David here.
4: I'm a self-pres sexual nine with the one nine seven four tri type. Hey, it's Emeka. I'm an eight wing seven sexual type with the eight five four tri.
5: Hey, it's Nancy. I'm a self-pres social three wing four and three six nine tri type.
2: Do you know, I checked com, and it's available.
5: Whoa. Oh my oh, really? God.
2: Yeah. I was like, some should, pervert. should
5: snag that.
2: Hasn't snagged this already. We're going to be in quarantine for the next two years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Please don't say that.
2: <laughs> At least I think off and on, it's going to be a thing. Yeah, for, I think for so a while. Too. It's not going to be straight, but it's going to be
5: yeah.
2: Waves. This is basically a sexual aid call.
5: Pretty much. Cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, I mean, we've got a couple other people on here,
3: though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, we're here to provide a uh, contrast and questions about uh, and
0: curiosity. You just want to watch the, You just want to watch go down. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's all. they're just
3: here for a party. That's what they're here for. <laughs> so we're we're just hoping for- that there's a lot of uh, pickles and. No. and
5: dancing <laughs> and costume changes
3: inappropriate <laughs> comments
5: we, can we turn on our video please <laughs> no. just sienna actually just sienna yeah
2: just sienna actually
6: <laughs>
5: um i don't yeah,
0: feel comfortable
6: right.
0: doing that <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: so i'm paula and i am an eight with a nine wing
0: and sexual self president well, i'm sienna and i'm an eight with the seven um sexual social and my try type is 872
6: you can find me
0: on my friday dance party on instagram it's sienna liz 1n in my name and, and i just
3: add to anybody listening that sienna is one of my oldest closest friends so it's yeah. cool that she's on the pod with us and, and, and uh, paula
2: where can we find you if you
3: want
1: so, to find you. <laughs> you can find me. I have a website, which is called Peach therapy, PeachTherapy.com.
3: Nice. Welcome to Big Hormone Enneagram. <laughs> uh, what we've been doing <laughs> is taking uh, deeper dives into the specific types and trying to get into the meat of them. And We uh, recently had calls on nines, uh, sixes, fours, fives, threes, and now we got a couple of eight. A trinity of eights uh, here to help us out, all <laughs> sexual eights. We started out this sort of series looking at what are called attachment types, types around the triangle, uh, six, nine, and three. And I, I think because they tend to be the most misunderstood types on the Enneagram and often kind of, uh, they're, they're often sort of uh, trivialized or not given their due respect or appreciation. And also because a lot of people are those types. And because of the psychological dynamic that is the attachment uh, object relation, it, sometimes it can be hard for those people to clearly see their type in action. And sometimes the types on the ch- the hexad one four two eight five seven uh, have an easier time seeing their type in action due to uh, just different psychological dynamics. And so. Part of what we've been looking at is not just talk about your type and what it's like being your type, but also getting really into the guts and the the sort of deeper reactions. So on the um, making nine great again calls, um, we talked a lot about what it is like to be a body type from the nine point of view and how sensitive nines are. And you know, as I said earlier, I've been close with Sienna for a long time, and uh, knowing Sienna has changed my view of eights a great deal from how the stereotype is often uh taught and communicated you know showing how deeply sensitive eights are or where that where that energy the eights are known for comes from but also how in my view a lot of times uh the eight gets a lot of projection from other people who are not Mm -hmm. eights and Mm -hmm. especially what i would consider like a projection of an ego ideal uh, I remember one time because I love online arguments and in-person arguments. I was on an online <laughs> argument with somebody about eights, and they said something like, 8s don't feel fear." Oh my god! <laughs> I just and I I I remember being like, "This is asshole," you know? Because on one hand, there's this sort of way that eights are not seen as human sometimes by people that don't know eights well, and you'll see when somebody uh, is inviting that projection where they're they're like, "Yeah, I'm like I'm like a tough badass, whatever." And there's this just this flat, one-dimensional way of acting, like just total competency, never fear, and always knowing what direction to go in, or what choice I'm gonna make, and being super decisive. And there's a decisive element mm. to me for sure.
0: I would really like to talk about that word at some point.
3: Yeah, definitely. Uh, but I also want to say that, like you know, eights experience all that shit, everything human. eights experience, and uh, part of what I think is important about what the, the collection of personalities on this call can help bring forward is the soulfulness and sensitivity and heart of eight you know how eight is uh like like really what the struggle of eight is that it's not just you know for eights listening it's not just you just need to be vulnerable you know like (laughs) all your problems will be solved if you're more vulnerable it's stupid and it doesn't get at the heart of what the eight's conflict and struggle really is and what vulnerability even means and like if if it was so simple an eight would just get fucking vulnerable so yes. Yeah, so anyway i just there's a lot in there but but i really feel like this is about uh establishing more about the soul of eight and we can talk about what fucking ever but i i feel like that will be a kind of um a core does that make sense yeah
0: that makes a lot of sense and i really appreciate that you just said it's a really nice way to, to get into it. It's great. It's a bit of a conundrum
1: to me. The whole idea of like that assertive eight energy that's really aggressive and really angry and really like not feeling and not empathic.
6: Um,
1: because I haven't, it's like I've never related to that in my life at all. And in terms of being so full, um, even though I didn't know the enneagram until way later in life, just since the time that I was a kid, I just had this sense of who I was, and that whatever it is that I ended up doing, I wanted to make an impact. You know, it's sort of like gone through my whole life, and it's come out through my eight, sometimes not in a good way. You know, as I get older, I think I'm getting wiser and learning how to um, deal with the impact of that energy. But while I say that, as opposed to just the strength, it's a really powerful internal in my body energy that I can only compare with like a cruise ship energy. And it's, I always thought something was just wrong with me until I found out, you know, being a female sexual eight is like three strikes against you. But the body experience of being an eight and learning, especially without tools, to contain this, you know, I saw myself as beauty in the bees. And so there was so much that I needed to contain. And I think I did contain and I think like over the years um, it, it really wasn't good for me because until I went, until I learned the instincts and then figured out what the sexual piece was, that was the first time. And that was at Russ's, I don't know, seven years ago or whatever. The first time that the whole in the instinctive workshop he did the sexual piece. And I had such an intense reaction to it. And it was an intense reaction of shame. You know, then when we got up in the lineup that you do at the end, then you get up there with all the sexuals and stuff. All I felt like doing was like punching the person next to me and shoving the person on the other side. And it was all this physical energy. And I was, but I didn't want to say anything because it just sounded like, Typical aid stuff, but that was and I remember going back to my hotel room and calling Gail and all of a sudden it was like That's what it is. That's what it's always
0: been I'm cu- I'm curious about when about this cruise ship energy that you 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 said um, What is that? It is
1: with my body and experiencing everything in my body. So if I'm in torment, I'm not just thinking, "Oh, I want to go kill myself." It's not in my head; it's in my body. So it might express itself as like I just I have to bend over in pain. That I know it's emotional. I know it's not something wrong with my body, but on a on a twenty four seven basis, I can feel my whole body throbbing I mean I don't know if that's the right word to use but I think it's like a a constant underground and it's always there and it's in my whole body and that's been something that is that the sexual peace and learning like that is sexual energy but I think the way it manifests in me is this containment you know I've contained Hmm. it I have the nine wings so there's always that internal jihad of my eight wants to fight and my nine wants peace
4: Uh, is the cruise ship analogy then that you're just continually breaking through the ocean I mean you're just it's just on a steady path forward it's it's not going to stop is it is that what you mean by cruise ship
1: well, and maybe cruise ship is a bad analogy. It's it's it sounds not like, like you're you're the container. Kind of, yes, it's I'm the container and the energy is expansive. So the way it feels is like it's like that whole thing where you know you have this <laughs> low vibration, but given a certain <laughs> trigger, it can expand and expand and expand. You know, it Mm -hmm. feels like you're ripping out of your clothes because you're just, Mm -hmm. you're getting big internally. And, you know, especially at my stage of life, it's exhausting to fight that beast in the basement.
2: That's really good. I like that image of that you're the container and then there's this energy that is always expanding and could explode possibly.
3: Yes. One of the things you're really beautifully illustrating is, the way in which the body is the uh, focal point of, of like all the different emotions and the way that you process things. And, you know, we talked a lot in nine about how um, the way impressions register on a body level and how for the nine, because their boundaries are open, they get overwhelmed very easily by themselves. They're sensitive and to the, but the point where they have to numb themselves, but with, with the eight um, you know, what can be, confusing or unclear for people that are in relationship with AIDS. It's like, you know, the what what people tend to see on the outside from AIDS is a kind of um it's kind of a confidence, but it's not it's not like I'm I'm confident, but it's like when when there's a reaction, uh, there seems to be little doubt or little there's like an absence of what 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 people would normally check themselves in terms of expressing themselves. So you were Correct. speaking you were speaking earlier about this sort of free expression versus containment. You know, I think that there's something legit with uh, AIDS having a lot of energy and needing to learn how to creatively uh, contain in some way or creatively exp- find outlets of creative expression for all that energy uh, that's not just hurting people and destructive. And so, like, where do you find um, a, a, a not a middle ground, but uh, an actual creative channel for that kind of energy that's not just self-containment and it's not just, like, letting it all fly? You know what I'm trying to ask?
0: Yeah. Yes. yes. I, well, like all of the eights that have said so far is that um, I have a lot of energy. and I've always had a lot of energy. Um, be, because also there's like this, this need to kind of get the middle of everything. You should watch me eat sometimes. Like, I just, if something, <laughs> if something tastes good or if something feels good, I, I, or if, the, if someone is expressing something that I feel like they need to express, I want to go to the center of it,
3: you know? No, I mean... You shouldn't watch Sienna eat. You should watch her sleep. Uh, I I don't know I don't know if you remember Sienna, but like remember watching like uh Seventh Seal and you fell asleep and then I imitated it for you?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. But that that was like in my early twenties, I didn't know how to manage my energy at all. And so I was just going hard
3: real we hard. Watching- we're watching this like kind of, you know, like it's one of my favorite movies, but it's like uh, kind of, uh, you know, long and it's made in the 1950s or 60s or something. And we're, we're like sitting on bed watching this movie and then Sienna falls asleep. And it's like the most intense, large gestures <laughs> to just turn around or like, sh- you know, like her mouth is totally open breathing. Like, you know, it was just like, so funny. It, was, it was just like a, it was, she was just as active asleep as she was awake.
0: i'm not sure if i was completely asleep i think i was trying to fight to like come join you know (laughs) (laughs) that was me participating
4: fighting fighting while sleeping
2: there's there's a exactly right (laughs)
0: yeah so yes this need to to be like in the middle of things and then so this energy and now I, i actually have a thing on my mirror right now that i wrote the other day that is like reminding myself that when I move, like physically move, um, exercise, like pretty intensely, doesn't have to be anything structured, but because I am a mover and that's my profession, just getting it out, like getting it all out. I'm a much kinder, more balanced person. I'm able to organize my feelings and my thoughts. I'm actually able to come back to my body because I know, Paula, you were saying that you feel things in your body. I'm always out. I'm experiencing all these things, and my body needs to catch up. I like I'm doing things, and I don't always know how it's affecting my body. Um, Some of that
4: is self-pres last, right? Probably.
0: Yeah, self-pres last,
4: and Um, I don't know if that's just self-pres
2: last because I was gonna echo a little bit of what you're saying, where I think with the seven wing that um, Mm -hmm. I just end up, I just feel like uh, my motor is just going much faster than I can keep up with in terms of what my awareness of what my body's doing and so like some kind of physical practice where I can slow down and kind of get in there and and like what you're saying like catching up I feel like I'm always way ahead of myself on the go it feels like a constant motor internally
6: yeah
0: and I think that this word that you were saying earlier of aids being decisive I don't think that's always true I think that we are action oriented that I will move um, move, I will do an action before I've decided what I actually want. <laughs>
6: <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: no, that something needs to happen. And so I was looking over some of the literature today and that word really struck me a lot. Decisive. I think there are other people in my life who are much more decisive than me. Um, a lot of times, you know, I maybe don't want people to know that I'm doing this, but very often I'm like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? the idea isn't coming from nowhere. I'm, I'm constantly sort of engaging with other people and sort of testing if I think that this idea works or, yeah, I'm not just being like, we're going this way. I'm like, what do you think? What do you, all right. And then I'm sort of moving around. Like, it takes me a while to actually make a decision. I'm actually quite bad at making decisions. Yeah. In, in the grocery store, it takes me so long to choose what coffee. Like, I'm not like, I will take this coffee. Okay. No. <laughs> I, it takes me a long time, but I'm, I, I might pick something up just because I'm like, I need to do something. I'll pick right. it up.
4: The style okay. feels decisive. It's not necessarily decisive. I mean, like it's our- action. Yeah, it's like our favorite president, uh, <laughs> Mr. Trump you know, he's apparently deciding, but he's changing what he decided every single moment almost. Right.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes
4: you take, you make a
2: decision or you take an action to figure out what you really wanted. That's a lot of times I just, I just got to do something and then we'll see what happens and I can quickly go do something else.
5: Yeah. I was going to say decisive often is kind of framed in a head center way um, where like you think about it and you do it, but in the eight, way that's in the body center so um what I've heard eight say is when when they want to make a decision they feel it in their body um but they also have to use their body to get to that decision so there's a lot more movement so it can look like quick decisions but it's not if I'm making a
0: decision I'm deciding like what I what do I want to do I need to stop I have to stop moving Mm -hmm. I have to I have to stop doing things and it's much easier for me to do that if I have exhausted myself during the day so i can come back come back to my body and if i've meditated so i have both those things together
3: i mean this kind of goes to uh paula's point uh before when she was talking about like expression versus containment right like there's pro- like i'm, I'm sure as, as eights you're conditioned from early in life to see yourself as Making a lot of impulse self expression and, and that because it's like you know, turning things into action right away. And then, um, like I, I think when eights are under a lot of stress, what ends up happening is that mechanism of taking impulses and feelings and turning them into action becomes uh compulsive and and it becomes sort of out of the hands of the eight's own decision making in a certain way, kind of like seven, but but there's a way in which uh, I think sometimes eights feel taken along for their own ride. Did that yes that
2: resonate. Yes oh, yeah, One, yeah. I, 100% all this recent covid stuff is kind of giving me some insight on how I deal with stress because it's kind of a weird thing to talk about for me because I know I do get stressed but it's hard for me to get in touch with my own internal process of dealing with stress and I've noticed just you know because there's all this downtime and we don't have a shit to do is that I just start doing more stuff. Like I can say, oh, I have this stressful thing that I need to think about and make a decision on. And then I will avoid doing that thing and fill up the day with a gazillion other things that, you know, that are just happening automatically. And like eight hours go by and I've just done a bunch of shit automatically. And I'm still like sort of avoiding this whatever uncomfortable, stressful thing that I don't want to do. And so with all this COVID stuff, it tends to be for me that I'll just kind of hole away and just be doing shit. You know, maybe it's bouncing off of this person, you know, causing ruckus in this chat or just like entertaining myself, but it feels like I'm going forward. But I when I'm stressed out, I've noticed that I'm just I just I kind of replace it with more action. I dissociate with Mm. with just
3: more and more action. I can't tell you how many times I've uh, flipped on Emeka's Instagram and he's dancing with pickles in his outfit. I like what you're saying, Emeka, about dissociation because something that I think that you and I have talked about that you seem to resonate with is that the you could say lust, the, the passion of eight or whatever, the, just the, the defense mechanisms of eight is essentially dissociation just the same way nine's sloth mm-hmm. is dissociation, but it's a different style of it.
1: You know, after after a period of time, you or I, I think have built up some remorse for the times when, I mean, not when I intentionally tried to hurt somebody, but for those times that you were talking about when it gets away from us and we become um, blamers and disconnected And I think that remorse, which I see as part of my healing journey or my healing process, feeling that remorse reminds me um, of the importance of like just being still and being able to sit with something. And like Emeka said, until it feels right in my body, I will ponder and really just ponder Because of, you know, having so many times when I went in this direction, I went in that direction just to appease my lustful appetite, you know, is always when I got in trouble. So,
6: Mm.
1: you know, learning to just sit and ponder um, and then all of a sudden my body moves and I know what the decision is, um, has been something that I've, I've more evolved into in my old age.
3: the way y'all are speaking uh like i am a pathetic four with a five wing but i have an eight fix and like i i don't know like you're giving voice to a certain way that i see that when uh an impulse makes its way through the labyrinth of my psyche and gets down into my body and and i i want to do it's sort of shedding light on how i've sort of used my own energy to discharge or push or uh turn things into action in a way that sometimes i don't even I'm, I'm going along with some impulse. And uh, so it's really interesting because um, it seems like it is a, a, it's a way of not having a handle on, in, the, in a kind of Gurdjieffian speak, what's going on in my centers.
0: Yeah. Well, if you yeah. also look, think about the, the way you dance, John, like that is yeah. definitely connected to your, to your eight. You're not thinking when you're um, – and
5: also how you <laughs> drive as well. <laughs> how does
2: John drive?
5: Uh, Oh, God. I can't imagine. Um, (laughs) Slow. Do I want
0: to go there?
3: Yes. (laughs) Signal every time I turn and I check all my mirrors. He is a
0: very aggressive driver. Um, (laughs) He is constantly making decisions before I understand why he just turned there. And um, is very vocal towards people who are making other decisions that aren't (laughs) what he wanted them to do. (laughs) That might be just from New York. <laughs> <laughs> no, this yeah, one's in New known York. Me since
3: uh, pre-New York. <laughs> oh, all
0: yeah. interesting. Yeah.
2: Now I I can see John's aggression. He's he's. Yeah, no, he's, and it's uh... great,
0: but not when he's driving necessarily. But um. <laughs> 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 Any
5: other time. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I have a question I... from my sister because before she was the one actually who, uh, she demanded that we do eight soon. <laughs> And um, so she, I asked had her, no choice. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I said.
2: Uh, she, I asked her if there are any questions that she wanted us to cover, and she said um, she wanted I, she wanted to ask the women how you guys or how you navigate balancing cultural feminine expectations with the eight's tendency to come off as aggressive or abrasive. And then there's a part two. Um, and how you deal with female friendships because um, just she says that female interactions in general there's a lot of cultural expectations and the perceived judgment around what she's talking about tends to come from other women so she uh, wants to know how you guys have navigated that
1: well I know for me being an a and, you know, I'm in a different generation, too, but having that sexual energy being um, an a you know, not necessarily a ball buster, but just having a certain solid presence. I think socially, um, it goes back to, you know, John talking about the containment versus the expression at least where I am, it it feels to me like a lot, like I have a lot of masculine energy. So you might not look at me and think, you know, oh, she looks like a man or she's really pumped or whatever. But I know the energy inside me is, um, I don't know, it just has this strong male force to it. And so I I think within the Enneagram world, there's been, I used to talk about um, eight hate, you know, I thought there was a real bias yeah. against eight. And I'm feeling like that's like that's softening because people are getting educated, but it still socially has been tied into let's face it, like, everybody hates a powerful woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether you look at it in the media, I mean, there's different kinds of power. But we are still just like we're a racist and and a sexist and a country full of like crazy people. For instance, like all the gun stores being sold out right now and, and all the ammunition. It's been something that I have just tried to soften and worked on softening it. And I think like my job as being a therapist, I've always been an empathic person. So I've never like deliberately, you know, gone after or been aggressive with anyone. But I think being a woman and being an eight, I think it's better now. And it's just being a powerful presence. You don't have to go in and do some kind of whopper speech. You just walk into the room and you have a powerful presence and that's threatening until you soften the crowd. If you know what I mean.
2: Yeah. I know what you mean. What about you Sienna?
0: Well, I appreciate your question about women friends. Um, I, I, I will wonder if I have a unique experience, but I, I have a lot of female friends and I've got, like several different communities of of women friends and I think that I I'm a very open person and I'm extremely communicative I'm not always agree like I I will challenge you I, that for me it's like if you want to be a good friend of mine that's how it's gonna go that's it like <laughs> mm-hmm. I have my 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 group of friends I have my people as I as I say it and it's, it's not something that I Decided, like I need my people, but I'm just noticing, like the only people around me are people who I've gotten in with many arguments, and we've just we've gone through a lot of different things, and we know each other well because we like did the work. I think that communication. Now, when I get upset, I shut down real fast, um, and I'm getting much better at communicating to people. Like this is this is what's happening, and they know to like leave, Just leave me alone. Just just leave me alone. I'll find my way out, and then I'll come to you, and we could talk about it. But like, don't come up to me when I look like all this stuff is stirring inside me. Don't do it. You're gonna get hurt. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. something. Just it's pr- so true. Protect yourself. My father is also, my father is it's also so an eight, true. and um, he's an eight with a seven, social, sexual. And i I live in Spain, but right now I'm in my parents' house uh, in Detroit. So. <laughs> Oh, a lot of
6: stuff
0: coming <laughs> <laughs> Very familiar
2: with that one. My my dad's an yeah. eight as well, so I can't imagine. Oh, shit.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, we both know the enneagram. He's a therapist, like so. We, we have conversations. I'm I'm tr- I'm trying. It's, it's,
6: <laughs> we're gonna get there.
0: But so like, but um, it's interesting that we
1: all have fathers who are or were eight, and my
0: father's father was an eight as well.
4: I, I have seen that, too, uh, with a couple other families where there's like three generations of male eights, for example.
5: I will say that almost all of my female friends are eights uh, because mm, that's I, interesting. Yeah, because I always know where you guys stand. Like, there's never a question. Mm. Um, and, and it's so appreciated because women cannot handle that shit yeah. a lot of times. Like, you just, have to help them. That's all. You have yeah, to help them. Yeah, but I don't yeah. want to. So, (laughs) so I really appreciate the age in my life because uh, you guys always will let me know what's up.
3: I'll say that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember. I think you and I hit it off real fast, Sienna. But, you know, we met when I was, we were teenagers. And uh, I remember like, Sienna was just very easy to connect with. And my experience is like, since as I've gotten older, done more inner work, I've become, it's become easier to me for me to like be in my body and be more immediate, which I think immediacy is a pretty, um, eight kind of quality. But one of the things that made it easy for me being super schizoidy, withdrawn and, and hanging out with Sienna was that I didn't feel, uh, rushed with Sienna. Like, I think that's one of the things that can be difficult for people that are a little bit more withdrawn or introverted or whatever uh, with eights is that, that quick quick physical quality, putting things into action really quickly also happens in communication. And um, it took me a while to be able to find that immediate place in my own body and self. And so, you know, when I'm struggling with an eight, I, I kind of, I, 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 start, I go back to that kind of more immediate physical place in myself. But when that's not your default, that can be kind of difficult. And so um, I was wondering um, when it comes to interaction, like what helps you uh, feel at ease and what helps like like I'll I'll, I'll sense in myself that sometimes I sense like blood in the water or like weakness or something. And I'll kind of want to provoke that. And I think it's probably (laughs) similar for (laughs) AIDS. And I have to remind myself to not go there uh, or like I, I, I feel like somebody's going off balance or something and I have to like like not try to push Close them. it yeah i over no. <laughs> and, and at the same time so like like there's that quality but there's also like what you're really wanting there is somebody to actually be authentic yeah and right. and so how do you like like sometimes I find that in, in my own interactions i kind of have to uh, in a certain way help people get there if I want to ha- if, if there's a, a need for extend conversation and not just fucking bouncing like how do you guys uh is, is there a is there a way that you find that balance with people and like is that a struggle not to kind of provoke or what
2: I would say online it's probably a little bit more difficult because I feel like a, a big part of my own process in sort of skillfully fucking with people but not like you know going overboard is just having a body-to-body sense and I think part of the sexual drive is that that whole chemistry co-creative thing is that you can really hook up with someone and you can hook up with their their physical arousal patterns and when someone is in a room you can even just a room in general you can have a sense in your body of how someone is reacting to you and if you're being too much but online Mm -hmm.
0: that's a big one
2: yeah like you can feel it you can feel much uh, whereas online, it, it's it's a little bit different. Where you can't necessarily read those kind of patterns, and um, you can end up making some comments that uh, can just run people over. So that's that's my experience.
1: Yeah, mine is I I just can pick up in my body who whoever I'm with, sort of where they are, how they're responding to me, what. You know, what question or what topic is engaging to them? Where do I lose them? It seems like all of those nonverbal things going on are just glaring for me. So it's almost like I I hate it on some level. I mean, it's worked for me professionally, but I hate it because I just pick all that up and I don't always want to pick it all up. But it would be the way that I would seek to engage with somebody would always be to first try to find what ground they're on and then to meet them on their own ground.
4: In some ways, that sounds like a nine wing sort of fighting with eight in some mm-hmm. sense.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think
4: you're right. Body, body absorbing other people's
3: tone, vibe, et cetera.
1: Right. Feeling some responsibility to steer it. Mm.
3: Yeah. Can y'all say more about like, you know, Paul, you just used the word finding somebody's ground, but I'm as a uh, image type, uh, and, and, and in contrasting with other calls, like, you know, what I think was really rich and fascinating, uh, with the nines, for example, was like the, the sort of detail of body-based impression and versus myself as an image type and how I register things through the heart center. Um, I was wondering if you could speak to like how things register in the body and you know for when we talked about the nines you know things go very deeply into the body and almost get stuck in there (laughs) and they have to dissociate to kind of find themselves apart from what's coming into the body and so um is is that like what's similar different about that and is it like things come in and turn into action so quickly that they don't penetrate or, or how's well, it
0: for me it's like it's interesting that both of you emika and and paula you've both talked a lot about your body's experience with with this and like for me i do a lot of thinking very very quick thinking um I, and i don't necessarily know how it's affecting my body i um it's like and it a bunch of information is going in and I'm making a lot of analysis in a very very short amount of time and I'm and then I'm doing something about it and so I have to like make myself stay with my body and be like where do, before I react because as soon as I get information I'm like okay I know what I'm gonna do um and I'm doing something but if I take it time to like where's this sitting in my body is it, am I do I fear something for this person am I like bored am I anxious like what's where is this sitting? But I have to, I have to stop
4: but, even thinking.
0: But in, thinking to but do in that. some
4: sense, and, you're talking about immediately launching into doing right. So you, you are, um,
0: but, but it's, but it's from a thinking place. It's not from a, my body wants to do this. It's like, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of quick, <laughs> I guess maybe it is body thinking. I don't know, but I don't, I don't relate so much to like having a sensation in my body.
2: I think I can bridge the gap there a little bit because I do relate to what you're saying because, um, as an eight, seven wing, there's a lot of thinking going on, but on, I feel like I'm doing a lot of figuring out or strategizing, I would say based on, let's say I'm watching someone. I can watch someone and feel in my body, like what it feels like that they're feeling. And, but that kind of shows up as like, in my mind, like she's not having a good time or she's annoyed or, um, but I know where it's coming from. It's that I'm I can scan a room and I can I, I'm getting a body impression of what this person's at. Like what this this guy wants to go talk to that girl and or that girl is attracted to this guy. And these are sort of a maze in my head of all these things are but happening. See,
0: it's in your head. That's what I mean. It's like it, it it's that you're watching it happen. I, and and then you do something about it. I don't see, I don't feel it go to Maybe it goes to a place in my body, but I'm thinking about like what what's happening? How's this person reacting? Like, how is this affecting the other person? How's it affecting the people that we're sitting with here? Like, what what why why is maybe she doing that? And then I'm like, Well, what needs to happen? Does something need to happen? No, I can just watch this or whatever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's more that the the sense is coming from a physical, it's coming from a physical sense. Like you're scanning the room and you're kind of you can't, I don't At least experience for me,
3: the, the cues from the thoughts, you mean the cues are physical, then it's just the, the, the like, mind going like
2: it's the gap between what you sense physically and what you're thinking. There's not really much of a gap, but I know that that there are people that will scan the room like my friend's a, a head type and he can see that things are happening, but it doesn't really have the grounding of knowing of feeling where things are in your body. So it's like I know that it's a lot of thoughts and strategizing but I also know that it's coming from a place where there's a gut sense of what's going on here. Like, I, I kind well, that's of-
0: But Having a gut sense about something and actually feeling it in your body are two different things.
2: I feel like they're the same thing. I don't. well I don't have
0: any of
1: that shit going on in my head I mean that sounds painful on top of everything else we have to deal with well uh, well, I was gonna say maybe it's the seven wing but I don't it's more like for me my body can change so fast can morph Um, And so internally, it's more the gauge of, am I okay? Or if I'm not okay, it's turning up somewhere in my body. So it could be that all of a sudden my feet feel tingly, or I can feel a pain in a certain part of my body, but it's more the other way. It's more like, because it's in my body, it's like I can't get away from it and I I can't get out of it. So it's like, what is this? And Mm. then I have to do the thinking part of it. Like, you know, what is this and what are practical steps?
5: So Paula, when you're working with clients, are you able to kind of know where they're at empathically? Or um, like, are you able to feel them out? Is that something? Because since since you are in that kind of line of work, a lot of people feel that when they're in that line of work, they can kind of gauge where people are at well
1: oh yeah like I think I can do that and now with the enneagram I can do it even more um speedily I think that part of part of the way that I do it or the way that I see it is like you know a person comes in for the first time and I see him this kind of forest so the my first job as a professional is to get inside that forest where they are And then look around and together walk out with them. So that, you know, metaphorically, Mm -hmm. what that can look like is, you know, I can be in my chair laughing my ass off. I can be (laughs) crying my eyes out with somebody who is suffering. And then on the other hand, you know, there have been a couple times where I've probably gone over the ethical line because um and it's probably the protection thing like when there's Mm -hmm. been people in my house in my um, office and i feel like they're getting bullied there have been a couple times where i like almost went over my ottoman um to strangle them and so Mm -hmm. you know there are times when i do get really pissed off and i think (laughs) i have to really get a grip on this because i'm just going to scream at this person
5: the next session so one thing that I've always uh, loved about eights is how empathic they are, but it always seems like they aren't very empathic with themselves. Like they nope. know what's going on in a whole room. They could be like, oh, this person just went through a breakup. This person is like having the best day of their life, but then they have no idea what's
4: going on inside. It's part of being a body type is self-negating. If nine is sort of the center of the body on one level eight and one are iterations of nine right and and eights are Mm -hmm. um eights are well dropping their basic vulnerability often um and negating themselves that way and and moving into force and action and sort of not checking in with their heart or all the time or their um their softer emotions it's been interesting with all this
2: stuff happening um Talking to some of my family members, and uh, my mom's been calling pretty often. And last time she called, and uh, we were done talking, and she was like, "So how are you doing?" And it just caught me. I mean, whenever she asks me that kind of stuff, or anyone asks me that kind of stuff, it always catches me off guard. Like, why are you asking me?
4: Same, same with me (laughs) as a nine. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with that question.
2: (laughs) I'm like, I'm fine. What are you
4: talking about?
5: (laughs) Yeah, what's the right answer? But are you always fine or like what? I don't get that.
3: Got to get well, up your emotional location, guys. Well, it's, well. I mean, in this,
2: in this case, I was fine. I mean, she's asked me if I was okay before. I guess in this case, I was like, why are you asking me that? I, I, did, I haven't told you that I'm sick. I'm, I haven't, you know, like um, you're the one that probably has an issue. And then I was started thinking maybe she wanted me to ask her how she was doing. Or whatever. I was just strategizing in my mind why she didn't actually
5: just double checking
0: about you. (laughs) Yeah, She's probably just double checking.
2: (laughs) And I'm like, why are you like, I'm okay. If I had a problem, I'd let you know. I mean, it's so I noticed that Would you
0: though? Would you actually would you let her know if you had a problem? Like an emotional?
2: Well, it's more of a do I want to involve you with my problem? And in the case of I did get COVID. Yeah, when people just sort of shoot that out there, I'm always trying to figure out, like, what are you trying to get at here? Like, are you trying to get something from me? Or do you, like, you know, why are you asking me
5: that? (laughs) (laughs) What about if they just care about you? Right. (laughs) Well, so it kind of, so what you said was, if they can't help me with it, I'm not going to bother them with it. Is that something that resonates with you, Sienna and Paula? That there has to be, like, for you to contribute to my problem, you have to be able to fix it or help.
1: Well, I was just going to say, you know, there's that whole rock thing about acting like you're the rock and people just sort of picking it up, whether you articulate it or not, you know, they just kind of pick up that you are a rock because we don't like to ask for help. And we do just say, I'm okay when we can be really suffering inside.
4: And that's part of where um, I was going was the, the the part of the self-negation is protection that you're, you take on the role of protecting other people, which is a self-negation, partly.
1: Yes, it's not just being the rock. It's sort of like there's been that distortion, that thought distortion that I'm bad, you know, and I think AIDS have some of that on that emotional level or the cognitive distortion that I'm bad, meaning... Um, it, it's not like I'm flawed, but it's more like deep down inside. At the end of the day, you know I'm bad, and nobody has your back, and you're gonna die alone, and that you know that whole nihilism thing. But it, it's been a lifetime sort of belief system that no one has your back. Yeah. So for me, the learning curve really has been like that's not true. Like the universe does have my back. And so things like that, I've had to really work consistently on um, dispelling in myself. Or the, you know, the badness can come out in a way like, okay, I want to keep making an impact, and the day I can't make an impact anymore, I want to just die. For me,
0: it's it's a lot of uh, avoiding pain, and so I don't want to think about it. I don't mind talking about someone else's pain. I'd love to to get in get into that and like work it out and. I'm really curious about that about that but my own pain I'm not that curious about it I just want it to go away um and so when I'm able to locate where it is um it ends, ends up a lot of times being a big release of usually tears because I've just been holding it in for so long whether it's like pain of boredom or pain of stress and so it's just I, I do a lot of avoiding uh, avoiding it and I also just assume I assume nobody. Can help me with it, Um, and I don't want I don't want their I don't want to know what they think about it. I want them to leave me alone. I want to be left alone most of the time when I'm experiencing something unpleasant. and And then and then I'll come to you and be like, "Can we talk about this?" or Or I get pushed enough where I'll open up about it if you ask the right question. Um, And it's usually quite clear of like from the outside that something is wrong. (laughs) There are other times. Or I think I'm just being so like, that it's not obvious that I'm really hurt. Mm. I'm watching my dad. It's hilarious because it's like, I know you are so, your feelings got so hurt right now. That's why you're yelling at me. You're yelling at me because I hurt you. And you go straight to anger and you don't realize that right, right one layer underneath, Mm. just one tiny layer underneath, you've got your feelings hurt. And if Mm. you were able to just like, take a 10 second breath, you'd realize, you know, you just hurt my feelings. And if he told me that I hurt his feelings, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, what happened? Like, what did I do? But instead he goes, Sienna, you're being disrespectful. You're being, like, you're super selfish. And I'm like, fuck you. Oh, can I say that? Okay. <laughs> you can say that. No,
2: we curse on here. Go yeah, ahead. we
0: curse a lot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so now I'm just like, fuck you, fuck you. You know, and so like we were just yeah. going from this, this, this level of, like, we're both trying to protect ourselves while challenging each other at the same time. Where I'm like, you know, what you are is your feelings are hurt, but, you, but you're, you're too, like, stubborn or too, like, of an idiot to realize that that's what's happening to you. So I'm going to keep poking you until you realize it. And and then he's like, back off. You're being like aggressive and vindictive. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just calling out what, what's the truth. I've
3: (laughs) I've literally seen you two do that to each other where it's like, you're actually hurt right now. You're actually, you know, like, you, you got your feelings hurt just admit it no you're being disrespectful that whole thing yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's ridiculous and it's really just like two wounded birds just like trying so hard to just like recuperate the arm while like taking down the other one that's like
2: yeah i get into some heated arguments with my sister and maybe if eventually one of us will strike a nerve and then the other person just like goes berserk or And then we don't talk to each other for a little
6: bit.
0: Um, Yeah. But, but there, sorry, I I just want to like, just to go back to just the pain thing. It's like, sometimes it feels like I don't have space to, to feel things. Yes. Um, and, that I'm allowed to ask for space. I'm allowed to say, Hey, please leave me alone. It's just like, for how good I am at communicating, I'm really bad at communicating how I feel. But I know it's like, it's, I'm so close to it. I'm so close to the feeling. It's just that I need to just say what I need, and that that like that's going to be accepted more times than not, but I think that my need being said and then it's rejected is like so embedded in my behavior that i don't even realize I have that option
3: you uh you don't experience space from other people or inside yourself
0: that I'm allowed to ask for it
3: mm. My experience of like if I have a
2: problem, I, my first thought is this is something I just need to figure out and handle myself, and then the second thought is why on earth would I put this on anybody else? Like when I did get sick, I was like, I'll talk about this after it's done. Like, I'm not going to stress anybody out and be like, yo, like I'm, I've got a really bad fever and I can barely walk to the bathroom kind of thing. Why the fuck would I say that? But then my recently, I believe my mother got COVID and I was, I remember feeling the same thing. Like, oh, I'm going to tell everyone after this is done. I don't want anyone to be stressed out. By knowing that any of my family members might get this shit. But then I was like, that's fucking stupid. Like, they, like it would be helpful for them to know. And exactly like saying it would be helpful for them to know this. I'm like trying to put, make this useful for everyone. But it's just sort of, you should tell people what's going on. And so I, I had this internal dialogue with myself. Like, this is kind of ridiculous. You should just tell people that this is going on. <laughs> Instead of like trying to help every or trying to figure out what would be useful or not stressful for other people. Oh to yeah,
0: there's just so much. There's so much like determining what's going to be received well. I feel like it's kind of yes and no because Wait. also I think we have a tendency of not being able to understand our own impact. There's like this dance that happens forever. Yeah, which is like not realizing that you just entering a room has an impact. Because you decided to go in there for a reason, and so that is going to permeate in the room. And I think that, like, my father, for example, has no clue of that. No clue. Now it's a different tangent, I know. we're also (laughs) the people that
1: walk into a room and end up being the ones that say the emperor is naked (laughs) you know when i I and everybody's like freaking out and we're just like i'm just saying you know like he's fucking naked but but (laughs) you mean you're like you're you're not supposed to say that
5: oh okay
1: yeah well you you know the idea of the story of the emperor being no, naked and everybody being No, I don't know injured. that story.
5: Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry
1: really?
5: that I'm showing up. Seriously? That's I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> You well, don't three? You three I thought she just came up with that. By think-
3: the way, uh, Nancy is 12 years old and you know <laughs> she's just very precocious and so we wanted her to be on the phone. No,
5: I am 24, but this I'm still very young. I
3: forget how young you
2: are. <laughs>
5: yeah, I'm much younger you are than the youngest. everyone on this call. Yes, yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> well, but
1: you you know what it means in the sense that like when we just say something because we're being real, like right. hey, that, that wall does make is sense. purple. Yes. <laughs> And, and people respond like, okay, like you're not supposed to say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's a little confusing because we're just like, you know. see, I I don't experience
0: that. I don't experience that because there's two ways to do it. There's like, you can say it how you want to say it and expect people to get it. Or you can say in a way that people are going to get it. And that's something that the Enneagram has really helped me with is like people think and receive things differently. So it's like, do you want to just say it the way you wanna say it and people have to deal? Or do you wanna say it and have people hear it? And so it's like you can call the wall purple, but you, you can do you can do a little bit of a dance to get people on your side. So you can call the wall out as opposed to yeah. as opposed is that to social? Being like, you, listen,
2: you think what? is that social, you think?
0: No, I think it's a lot it of is kind working of on being an eight. I think it's just like <laughs> work. I don't want to stay like this all the time. I want to be dynamic. I want it's to possible. be able to like to be Sorry. able to communicate with everybody.
4: It's possible that it occurs to you that you need to do that because of having social in your stacking and type two, that you need to find some way to make this, you know um, that'll land in a way that's you know re- received as opposed to just being... Maybe, a... but
0: see, at, at this point, like at this, where, I am, where I am now is like, I don't need to tell you the wall is purple. I like watching people just... like Maybe I'll tell the person next to me, but I don't need to tell the whole room. Mm.
2: Like,
0: I don't need to do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get what you're saying, because um, I definitely feel like, I, as, as my awareness of my own eightness has grown over the years, I've recognized that I never need to... I never need to make any effort to push and that there, there are other options, and I can well, Yeah, I like
0: that I can decide, because I like, I like to, like, rumble up a room, you know? Like, that's, that's, that can be really fun, and other people can enjoy it, too, and some people never. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just like that I like to be able to make the choice if I want to do that, instead of just, like, this is what I do.
3: Yeah, I feel that.
0: Yeah, yeah me too.
3: Yeah, I just want to uh, clarify rejection, you know, so two, five, and eight are rejection types, and they all handle it differently. But what it means is that and some early part of life, and, and I suspect that this is just how it is. It's like how, how somebody comes into life, like I think you're born with your type. But anyway, uh, a rejection mm-hmm. type is prone to feeling that their own needs were not somehow acceptable, that their needs were somehow rejected. And so in place of in a sense being themselves and it, like, it's not, it's sort of sloppy language, but there's, a, there's a, there's a way that as a rejection type, it's like, I feel like I need to offer something. And Emika, you said something about, is this going to be useful to anybody or not? Mm. Um, yeah. Hmm. There, there's a, there's a kind of for, for five, eight and two, there's a kind of framing things in those terms that looks like hmm. in order to show up and be with people or to be connected or be relevant to other people. There has to be some kind of use, and so yep.
4: preempting rejection. Yes, yeah, and, and, it, yes. And, it,
3: and, it's, and it happens <laughs> all day, through the
0: dominant
3: right, and it, and it happens through the dominant center. So it's like mm-hmm. through the five, it's it's offering the head through the to the two, mm-hmm. it's offering heart, and through the eight, mm-hmm. it's offering this body energy. Nope. And yeah, it's like eights assume they're going to be rejected, and there's often a way that their their natural forcefulness is almost enhanced by that because it's like. I'm imagining that when I say that the the emperor has no clothes, that people are going to react negatively in some level. So I'm going to go, it's not, not going to be like, oh, the emperor has no clothes. It's like, emperor's got no clothes. Like, I'm putting it out there. <laughs>
6: right. Anticipating <laughs> that
3: they're going to resist it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, I've noticed that, that, you know, just working on this or doing this, po- working on this podcast together with you guys that uh, even just promoting the podcast, I realized that this thing has to be framed in a way to get people to give a fuck. because. I assume why on earth would anyone give a fuck about anything I'm doing or anything that I'm involved in? So I have to, I have to present something that is so compelling that even if you don't like me, which I assume you don't, that you will, you'll be interested. But I mean, then I, I realized that you can just be with people. You can just be like, you know, like just throw it out there and not like have to make it useful all the time. Um, So I end up finding myself like, I can't post, I can't, share with people i can't post anything unless i can pres- i can present something that is all these things interesting compelling just like fast. Wow. you know just it has to be the venn diagram of of you can't resist you know like because i'm not you know you wouldn't just want to connect with me on the basis of connecting with me as I am, you, I'd have to be able to give you something that you're getting from this, you know.
3: Well, mm. You're also touching mm. upon a uh, sexual instinct, and oh, uh, Emeka,
0: uh, I really relate to what you just said.
3: Yeah, and, se- and since we're, you know, like we're getting in on time, which I don't give a fuck about time, but you got to edit, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we, we got uh, we to hit sexual. Yeah, we got. <laughs> yeah, we got to hit the sexual instinct, and. um I don't know, like I don't have any specific question, but I just want to hear all your your thoughts on your experience of being an eight and a sexual type, and you know uh, how that goes together. Because a lot of times, uh, the stereotype I think that most people have of eights is usually a social or a self-pres eight, whereas yes. self-pres eight is excessive in, uh, you know, lifestyle and wealth, or you know, maybe physically pushing themselves some way or a social aid is like holding court over a lot of people or being the kind of troublemaker that gets everybody you know galvanizing force in relationships but for the sexual aid there's something about holding the attention and and being what emica is speaking to kind of like exciting and and juicy not necessarily liked but like holding something from a from a charged point of view
1: yeah i think there's something seductive there's something seductive in that um Because especially being a a body type and a sexual type, that's just an energy that you can really use. But the, the sexual, I think the sexual piece of it for me, as I'm getting older and getting more comfortable with it, I just think that the sexual part of um of the energy and the it's like so it's such a creative, fabulous, energizing force that I feel really grateful for, you know the sexy not sexy, but the whole lust thing um it it's manifested in me with the whole like you know if a little bit of this is good, then a whole lot of it is is even Even better better. (laughs) and the other thing the last thing then i'll shut up like about the sexual thing is that the energy that energy just has um an unending well to it you know it's it's sort of like that joke about the guys in the boat with saint peter and he's saying are you sure this is heaven?" And, um, and St. Peter says yes. And then he looks across the river and this guy who's a real um, terrible person is in the other boat with a blonde and a bottle of champagne. And he says, well, I know that to St. Peter. I know that guy. And he doesn't deserve to be in heaven. And St. Peter says, no, he's in hell. The bottle has a hole in it. The blonde doesn't. <laughs>
6: <laughs> So there's great so
1: my point is like that I have found with the sexual energy that it can't there isn't this ending culmination with an exhale. It doesn't stop and and even like sexually in the body in that way, it could go on on and on and on and on and on and feels like okay, well if I didn't have some natural containment and a society to live in it maybe could have gotten me really out of control at a certain time in my
0: life I I think it's like something about the sexual energy is like you're acting on on your curiosity and when I think about like my friendship with John for example like you were my first male friend and I remember just like the way that we were able to just like sit in a room for hours talking about what the hell ever, you know, and like just being able to like feed off one en- one another based on this like curiosity, you know? Um, and there's, I guess, as far as like a sexual aid, it's like, man, especially in the work that I'm doing, like doing physical theater and dancing that when I'm able to let go of, of, of my brain and trust my body and being able to connect with whatever audience is there, like, Wow, it's, it's just like so electric and so um, like there's this a language that's being spoken that's quite concrete, but it, there aren't actual words being spoken. I know that's very abstract sounding, mm. but um, nice. it's very real. I don't know. It's very, it's very real. And then it's like being able to like latch on to a connection or latch on to a, an energy and stay there for a while you know, it's, I find it difficult when, especially like with a partner, if their first stacking isn't sexual, Ooh, I do a lot of work, you know, (laughs) like I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm creating problems or creating things so that I can get that juice, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, like right now I have a partner in Chicago. Um, so it's like a long distance thing and he's a nine. I think he's a social first I've never dated a nine but like <laughs> welcome to the club wow it's crazy um, <laughs> but like uh yeah I, I find myself doing that where things are chill things are real chill and I'm just like we got to kick this up this is not doing it for me <laughs> and so I will just like but it's interesting now that I have this awareness that i I can watch myself doing this. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're having a pleasant time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
6: like,
0: you can relax. You don't need to, you don't need to create drama. You're like there's no need for this. But I I'm just I, I want more. And sometimes he's just like, what is happening? Like he doesn't know. He has no idea what's going on. And he just sort of like flips out. And so I'm having a conversation completely by myself.
4: Prognosis <laughs> <laughs> I, I like... for this relationship does not sound very good. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> it's, no. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's the best relationship ever um, that yeah. I've been in. It's awesome. He's amazing. Watch it, David.
4: No. Okay. I'm going to check back in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I appreciate you. And I, but no, you're wrong.
2: Okay. <laughs> well i i feel like it's been a a process of for me in, in learning about my sexual instinct and what what sexual aid is and it's really i've had some experiences first i met paula a couple of years ago and that was the first sexual aid that i met and just kind of getting a real first hand example just meeting that energy uh it really gave me some insight on myself and Meeting Paula felt like, from far away, a sexual eight doesn't really seem like an eight. Like, uh, it it doesn't necessarily have the same forceful boundaries. It wasn't until, like, I, I met her up close that I felt this sort of steely, solid presence. But it was mm. like, she was meeting me on an energetic level. And uh, so it helped me understand that my eight energy was directed towards conducting or trying to steer this chemistry energy that whatever happens or is created whenever you hook up with someone like you just meet them and a new energy is created because let's say me and sienna are having a conversation there's a chemistry that's that you can label emica and sienna and there's only one kind of chemistry that's it's only it's a unique thing and so eight energies like you you get really excited and you get you know like that you have this new chemistry and you want to do things to it you want to create you want to have this creative interestingness that's that's coming like new things are being born from this new energy so it's like you know I'm always it seems like my personality is geared around creating these new interesting alluring sort of hooks that um you know just trying to be aware that this is what I'm constantly doing like I'm not realizing that I'm, I'm I'm constantly creating from chemistry, creating interesting things. And so people can end up feeling like in romantic situations, like just really getting swept off their feet. And it's in a sense that you can sort of just take over and create this it's almost like an entertainment system of
6: (laughs) here's an interesting thing.
2: Here's an interesting thing. Do you, and then we can go deeper into that and we just dive in and then here's another interesting thing. We can go deep into that. (laughs) And before you know it, like you are just, you guys are just like swirling in each other and, and they end up feeling like what the fuck is happening? How am I close to this person? Do I want this? And you don't even know if you want it because it's sort of like an automatic chemistry thing that you're doing. Um, I wanted to tell a story, but it's, I don't know if we have enough time, but it's a really good. Story.
0: I have a question. Yes. Do you find that, like, have you been in a relationship where like all of the, what you just said, you do that. And uh-huh. so it's almost like, do you feel like later you realize that you brought this person to your, to your level, like eye level. And as soon as you let go of the energy, they, they were gone because you actually brought them up to like where you are. Yes. It, it
2: happens all the time. And this is a reoccurring pattern. Like you meet someone and you sort of create the chemistry for both of you. Well,
0: it's like you just give them all the energy that you could possibly have. Yeah. Um, because you're interested. And so that's exciting to them. And then they come up with you. And as soon as you're like, okay, I need to take a breath. They're gone because yeah, yeah. you go down there.
2: Yeah. And that's part of what I'm, I'm trying to explain is that it's the sort of automatic action thing we're doing it with chemistry and you can sort of sweep somebody up into this energetic wave and they can just they can love it they can love the attention but it's almost like it's happening so quickly that they haven't uh, especially if it's a nine like they haven't been able to register where where they're at yet in terms of how they feel about it but it's almost like you can sweep you can sweep somebody up so quickly that once you step out of the picture they're like wait a minute I don't even know if I like this person <laughs> I actually had an experience where I met another sexual ape and they tried and she tried to pick me up. And it was the first time that I realized what I was doing. Like I realized mm-hmm. that it, I, oh. I, you guys need to hear this story. I haven't said this. Please tell before. us the story. Tell it, tell it. <laughs> so I'm going to be trying, I'm going to try to be quick, but I, I drive for Uber. I use these, I do a lot of odd jobs and one of that's one of them. And so if you've ever taken an Uber, this is a thing called Uber Pool. And which is just like a regular Uber, but multiple people are in the car. So on this Sunday, I was driving, and there was a, a Chicago marathon, which meant that getting around was very difficult. So I'd stopped at this bus stop, and there was this lady, and I don't tend to look at my passengers. I don't know. I just stopped doing that because it just helps me not get caught up in their energy. <laughs> and It also helps them <laughs> oh, to not get good. intimidated by whatever energy that I have, because that's kind of a weird thing that I have with men. Uh, anyway, so she got in the car, usually people get in the car with other people when there are other passengers, they don't, they don't really say much or the people are tend to be cautious. But She was just like, uh, she had a very free and loose energy. And, and sometimes people start conversations with the driver, which is fine, but she just got, we got real personal real quick, not in like an invasive kind of way, but it just sort of happened where we sort of got swept up. And I realized that, uh, one, this is an assertive person. The conversation went zero to a thousand very quickly. Mm. And she did not care that there was a lady sitting next to her. So the level of not giving a fuck was like, yo, this is <laughs> an eight. And um, eventually, <laughs> eventually she asked me, like, where are you from? Like, where, where are you born? And I said, I'm, I was born in, I'm Nigerian. And she said, let me tell you, I know you might not believe this, but I think Nigerian men are the most beautiful men on planet Earth. She was so serious about it, and I'm like, <laughs> "What is happening?" <laughs> and then she just, she just like kept going, and she said, "You know, like, and we, and we did have a chemistry. Like, she was a theater performer, and she did some like really creative blend of inner work and uh, performance. And it was sort of a thing a sexual eight would create. It's like I don't even know what the fuck it is. I can't even. But it's like a performance. <laughs> That's going to pull you into this world. And we were having these conversations. I was like, she's doing the sexual instinct thing. You know, like, the, you know what it is. And you just, you feel like you're falling into someone. I haven't even seen her face. And this was happening in the back seat. And so, so we, were, we were getting, we were, we couldn't get to where she was going. And at that point I'd picked up some other people and uh, she didn't care. She said, you know, let's just stop the ride. Let's go to, let's go to lunch together right now and I, I, was like, I, could have, I was like i would love to do that because i mean i was getting high off the interaction as well but there was another lady in the car and i was like let's just you know like we can do this some other day
3: you could just eat the lady
2: <laughs> yeah. she
6: was, she, 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 was
2: <laughs> she was so brazen and she was so like it was so direct and so um and it was real too like it wasn't like she was uh abrasive or anything, but it was like a a real meeting of energy uh and then so we exchanged information and I looked her up on instagram and I shared it was very clear that she was a sexual aide and it was she was like almost like a poster child sexual aide uh, I'll share the links <laughs> later, and part of me was like, yo, you do not want to fall into that bottomless pit you do not like you do not and I hadn't really seen her, and I wasn't like sure she's much older than i was and and uh I wasn't really sure I was Attracted to her, but I was interested. So I got caught up in with a, a nine and got really burned because I was being ignored. And so out of like sexual instinct frustration, I hit her up and said, "Hey, we should meet up for coffee sometime." And she responded immediately. She's like, "Here's my phone number. Let's let's try and you know plan something you know as soon as possible or whatever." And I was just like, so I wanted the attention and I loved the attention she was so immediate. And so I texted her and I said, Hey, let's, uh, when are you free for coffee this week? And she said, Actually, I'm having a dinner at my place with friends tonight. <laughs> can, uh-huh. can you? I was like, She's like, Can't do you, would you be comfortable coming over to my apartment to have, you know, a dinner, a Italian, very Italian dinner with friends? Or would you be more comfortable just waiting to have a coffee later? So she, she put it out there almost like, challenging me to say oh you're gonna be a bitch <laughs> and not
6: come
2: That's over interesting
0: to, that you took it that way
2: i mean yeah that's i mean i had to, <laughs> i didn't know how else to take it
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> why should you feel comfortable she gave you two options
2: <laughs> it did feel that way
0: <laughs> okay i believe but, you
2: but uh <laughs> it's just a weird thing for people to say like you know it, yeah she, yeah it was just the way that it was framed it was framed in such a way as like you have this option to see me tonight or if you're you want to like take it slow you can know, come next week or something like a little bitch she can take it slow <laughs> so, so uh I was like okay uh yeah I'm gonna go over to your house and, or your apartment and she was like well, what do you want to eat and it was just like a barrage of texts and it was just so much attention and I was like this is great man and so I went over there and she was there with the- a <laughs> with a friend um, and it just, it became very clear that I was getting swept up in something. Uh, she was making like, you know, she's just really funny. And she's making these jokes about how she was gonna lock me up in a dungeon somewhere <laughs> or something oh like God. that. It was just like a really, like a real eight to eight interaction. Um, and eventually the friend got up to leave. This was like after midnight. And I got up to leave with her because I, I wasn't like, I knew that she really wanted Something sexual to happen, and I was like, I, I don't know if I'm ready to meet you with the kind of energy that you need because I can feel the intense, whatever tiger on tiger sexual encounter that you're needing. I don't know if I have that <laughs> for you tonight, but I was trying to leave, and so she, she Poor put her little emeka she put her <laughs> hand on the door. <laughs> <laughs> yes!
5: wow this story has taken so many times <laughs> i mean it wasn't it I'm wasn't like a
2: story it wasn't like some kind of overt like she blocked me or anything because i was being really kind of was oh, just it. making it a clear gesture that's
0: all she yeah. was,
2: yeah she was making it clear she did, that she I'm wanted me to, she made it clear that she wanted me to stay and but you know i don't <laughs> like the, the the problem is not the problem but i i was really hooked into her like we had a, we had a real chemistry, like, she was really interested in, in her work, and in Enneagram, like, Enneagram, for real, not, like, not, I don't want to say for real, but just, like, Gurdjieff Enneagram, and she was mm-hmm. an astrologist, and, like, she's super creative, so it was just, like, I felt myself falling into, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure you guys have all experienced this, of being so attracted to someone's energy, their whole being, but not necessarily wanting to fuck them, and... What? and or like you know it's like i I like i like this person
5: i I know what you mean or
2: it's like i like i know what you mean yeah yeah yeah. i i know that i like this person so much that i wouldn't just i don't know just have throwaway sex with them like i know that it would be um i knew we were talking about relationships we were talking about potentially having some kind of creative partnership that's how far we went And over the course of like three or four hours, we stayed up to like three or four in the morning. And so at some point she said, I I, I can't, I don't want to mess up the phrasing. Uh, Take your your time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I said, would you like to, she said, would you like to share sex with me? And it was so direct. And I I said, and I, I, I said, sure. And she and I'm, I could tell that she felt... I'm
0: sure that wasn't sufficient.
2: She, no, no, no. Yeah, she felt whatever energy I was bringing, and she laughed. You know, like, you know that, that the answer wasn't... It wasn't yeah, it what wasn't she real. wanted. And so I was, at that moment, very aware that, uh, man, like... And so we kept talking. And well,
0: you were aware of what? You were aware of what?
2: I was aware that... I mean, I knew what was happening. Like, I knew that she wanted something sexual to happen. But I was aware that um, she was very determined to try to make something happen. And I started to feel bad because Mm. I, of course, can empathize with how she feels because, I mean, I've been in that situation. So I'm telling the story because that was probably the most direct experience of my own personality being mirrored to me that I'd, I'd, I'd ever felt. That's the sense of being really swept up in something so enticing, but not necessarily feeling or not even being sure if you're ready to dive into the degree. Yeah. That, it was
0: like too soon.
2: Um, yeah. It felt like, wow, this is, but the thing that was happening, I wanted it to happen. Um, you just I really needed more time. Probably. Yes. Yeah. It, it happened so quickly. I was like, Holy shit. How did I end up here? But the story continues. She, we kept exactly. talking and I, I got up to leave again I, I, because she was like, oh, we, we could. I was like, you know, I was making these fucking stupid excuses to try to delay things. I was like, you know, we you got to work at seven in the morning. We don't have to fuck now. We can fuck next week. You know, that, all these other things. And she said and and she said, uh, OK, yeah, we could probably do that. And I got up to leave and she's like made out with we made out like really intensely. And then mm-hmm. she like made eye contact with me and we were in a staring contest for like 30 seconds. It's the longest staring contest I have ever had. <laughs> I thought it was a staring contest, but she was that, that was her last ditch effort to get me to 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 mount her, you know, like to do it.
6: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: And I later, you know, I later figured that out like cuz I was sex was so far from my mind in that moment, but I just, you know, it was just like this is the most this is the most uh I've never been swept off my feet like this before, Hmm. and and it
1: reminds me. Well, it reminds me so much of something that my father taught me, probably when I was fourteen. And being an eight, I mean, he just sort of said things. But what I'm thinking you might have been experiencing is the and and he said to me, "This is an Ed Peachism LP." Uh, In life, make sure the screwing you get is worth the screwing you get. It's not just about sex. Right. You know, it's about whatever you're investing your pearls into. And. And so like whatever you are investing your pearls into and your energy and your interest and all of that, that investment is an investment. And whether it's a business deal or whether it's starting up a a sexual relationship with her, it, it just makes sense. Like, make sure what you're getting is worth what you're putting into
4: it. It alludes to the automaticness also, that it it, it just, it's just going right. So be sure, do you actually want to go where this is going? And, and that was part of what I realized is like, you know, this is my sexual drive. I I
2: knew that I had some reservations after I had met her because she was just a lot. She was, she was a lot. And I was like, um, and so when I was sort of start for, start for uh, attraction energy sexual energy that when i realized that holy shit like i'm getting pulled into some serious shit here this is not gonna be this can't just be you know any sort of casual thing not that i was looking for that but this is a lot (laughs) this (laughs) is this is a lot right now and I, i really like this but um uh yeah that for the first time i realized holy shit this is what even if I'm not realizing that this is what my personality is doing. And there are a lot of these situations where I feel like, oh man, we had such a great chemistry. And I'm I'm like, I'm creating all this chemistry. I swept this person up and they kind of later go off on their own and they realize, I don't even know if I want that, but it was sort of just happened. And maybe for me, I don't even know how, to what degree that I wanted it. I just sort of, it was sort of happening automatically based on an initial spark, but it, it, it kind of, you're rushing it maybe you're you're you know trying to get to the trying to go you're just speeding ahead and like the and, middle
0: and, of it yeah it's like
2: so that was that was the first time that i i had an encounter with uh sexual aid and it really helped me in a lot of ways to see okay this is maybe a, a more extreme example of my personality but it's a similar dynamic that's going on
0: i really appreciate you sharing that that was a really interesting <laughs> yeah. story yeah. um yeah Being a a sexual eight and like a woman, I also, you didn't say that she was too much. You said that she was a lot. And a real big trigger for me is like, if I've heard too many times, especially with partners, is like, that I'm too much. And it's like, I'm just expressing that I love you. Like, (laughs) (laughs) how can this be too, how can it possibly be too much? And so that's what's really cool about being with this nine this amazing nine um that he's just like like he asked me he was like what's like the thing that that hurts you that that um triggers you and I'm like being called too much and so he's mm-hmm. like reminding me very often that like you're not too much and man I I, I now that like if you felt like if you being a sexual ape felt like <laughs> this sexual ape was too much. I feel so bad for my boo. Like
2: <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, a minute. I should preface that by saying that once I will send a link in the chat, you guys will 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 100% understand why I felt that way. She is one of a kind in in the world of aits in general and sexual aits. This is probably one of the most extreme examples. Like her energy is it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. You would imagine <laughs> okay. that, that it's like I, I think you guys are Definitely, way more chill than she is. Um, so, definitely, she's a lot.
0: Okay, I have to say, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Cool, what a great story! I'm glad yeah. you made it out alive.
2: Yeah, I'm glad <laughs> you didn't
5: get locked in a dungeon.
3: No,
2: I mean, I, I have.
3: I, I feel mean, like she just needed an Uber driver. That's all. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I just to keep him around.
3: Leave! I, I gotta go to the airport in the morning. The, 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 what makes me what makes me sad is that I.
2: Part of me, like, I really liked her, you know, and I knew that I wanted to keep hanging out with her, but I knew that us hanging out was under, always going to be under the subtext of something potentially sexually happening, and I didn't want the feeling of having to reject her, you know, and I guess I'd have to, like, have that conversation with her um but even if i did have that conversation with her i always knew i know my personality like no is just the beginning (laughs) so so i could have said no that i'm not interested in her sexually and she would have if we you know got along even more and we had chemistry like it was going to end up there and so um Mm. i just felt like i i don't want to say no to this woman i don't want to sexually reject her Uh, because I know what that feels like. And even though we would get along great and we have all this great chemistry and all these similarities and we have all this stuff that we can learn from each other. Like I know what, what's on the other end of that personality and it would suck. (laughs) (laughs) It would suck to, to like, you know, not, well,
0: that's really good that you were honest with yourself about that and that you were able to like see that. And
3: yeah, yeah, I'm dating her now.
5: <laughs> you are dating her? The <laughs>
3: yeah. So
2: yeah, that's so my so sexual deep. eight story. It's 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 uh. That was imaginary. that was
5: the best story that has ever been told on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>